You are listening to a sermon by Ted Hamilton, Senior Pastor of New Life Presbyterian Church in Escondido, California. For more information about New Life, visit us online at newlifepca.com. That's N-E-W-L-I-F-E-P-C-A dot com. Well, today we're going to be doing two important things, as Robin announced. We're going to, of course, be eating the Lord's Supper together, and we're also going to be ordaining our brother Brian Frick as a minister of the gospel. So, uh, as you know, we find ourselves in between preaching series now. We just finished the series through the book of Daniel. Next week, we start a new series in the book of Acts. Uh, so today, it, I, I chose a text, especially for this day and this occasion, that, that deals with both communion and ordination. And the text is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. It's printed for you in the bulletin if, uh, if you don't have a Bible with you. Uh, so here, give attention now to God's Word. 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord, the perfect, inerrant, and infallible word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, in our turbulent lives, uh, more than ever now, we need you. We need to hear from you. We need to be reminded once again of who you are and what you've done. I pray that you would do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's look at this passage. Um, First, for how it prepares you and me to uh, come to the Lord's table. And then, and then we'll uh, shift over and to see how it speaks into Brian's ordination today. So first, how does this text help you prepare your heart to come to the Lord's table? Answer by, it, the, by reminding you of three things that are true of you right now because of Jesus. Three truths that are true for you uh, because of Jesus. First truth, neither your past nor your present determine you. Jesus does. Indie artist, indie pop artist Alec Benjamin has just released a new album this year. Uh, On that album, some of you young people will will know him. Um, on that album is a song called Shadow of Mine. It's a haunting song. Um, and I want you to hear, I'm not going to play it, nor am I going to sing it. Uh, 
I'll read a few of the lyrics, uh, and I want you to hear how uh, he's describing being haunted by his past uh, and, and sort of the accusing inner voice of his present. He sings this, Maybe I'm the nexus, the common thread that binds the problems in my head and the world that lives outside. I thought I could escape, but it's fate I've come to find. My devil is the devil that's inside. Everywhere I go, my shadow, it follows behind. Doesn't matter where I travel, my shadow, it finds me. Something that I've come to realize after all this time, I can't escape my shadow. I can't escape my shadow. It won't ever let me go. It goes everywhere I go. It won't ever let me go. This shadow, this shadow of mine, we grapple, we battle, but we are shackled for eternity. We grapple, we battle, we're shackled, we're shackled, we're shackled. It's a poignant and pathetic song uh, as Alec Benjamin describes, you know, being locked into, shackled to a past uh, and to a present that he f- in which he feels uh, no hope. But you, follower of Jesus, you, you do have hope. Because in Jesus and only in Jesus uh, are you unshackled from your past, and from that inner accusing voice uh, of, uh, of the present. Verse 17, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Actually, the Greek is, is, is even starker than that. Paul writes, if anyone is in Christ, new creation. It's just, he just breaks it in there, so we, so we really focus on it. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Think about how tenderly Jesus Christ treated people who had shadowed pasts, who had, who had presents that were sh- shadowed by their past, who had, uh, were list, you know, full of shame and regret for things that had happened in the past. The, the Samaritan woman at the well, dishonest tax collectors, woman caught in adultery, Peter, the disciple who denied Jesus, uh, they all received forgiveness and reinstatement. They were all reconciled to Jesus by Jesus. Listen, Christian friends. Remember this as, as you come to the Lord's table. Uh, Jesus sees in you not what you have been, not even what you are, but what He is now making you to be. Jesus covers your past and He powers your future. So that's first truth about you that you need to remember as you come to the table. Second truth the gospel is not just about the forgiveness of your sins. That ought to sound familiar. That's exactly what we talked about last week when we were addressing gospel basics from Philippians 3. Right? Your sins were placed on Jesus. And Jesus paid the penalty for those sins uh, by His death. 
And that's why God can be both just and the justifier of his people, right? Because he has uh, put the sins on uh, your sins on Jesus. Jesus has paid the just penalty for it, which allows God to justly forgive you because the penalty has already been paid by Jesus. And we see that forgiveness here. Paul mentions it here right in verse 19. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So as you come to the table today, Christian, you know that God is not counting your trespasses against you. Uh, They are under the blood of Jesus. But the Gospel's better than just forgiveness, right? He doesn't, God doesn't just forgive you. When you believe in Jesus, that amazing exchange happens. Your sin is imputed to Jesus and Jesus' perfect righteousness comes back to you. His resume, remember? And that's verse 21. One of the great summaries of the Gospel in the New Testament. For our sake He made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. So in a few minutes, when, when, you ask, uh, when, when you're asked to examine yourself before you eat the bread and drink the cup, ask yourself this, or am I trusting in Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior? And if you can honestly answer that, yes, then eat and drink boldly. Eat and drink gratefully. Because you are coming to this table not just forgiven, but covered in the righteousness of Jesus, carrying His resume as if it were your own. And as Paul reminds us in verse 18, this is all from God. This is not because of anything we've done, not because of any merit in us. This all comes as as a gift, a merciful gift from, from God above. So, neither your past nor your present determine you, Jesus does. The gospel is not just about the forgiveness of your sins, it's also about you getting the righteousness of Jesus. And then finally, the third truth about you that you need to remember as you come to the Lord's table this morning is this, you are reconciled to God. My family moved from uh, Los Angeles County to Orange County uh, when I was in the seventh grade, in the middle of seventh grade. Uh, So I had the unenviable uh, uh, task as... uh, my parents' uh, son uh, to join a a new junior high in the middle of my seventh grade year. Uh, I was the new kid in class Um, and kind of dorky. And I was uh, shy and uh, uh, not a little afraid. Um, And uh, you guys know what junior high is like. I mean, it, it's not like I was welcomed with open arms. I was met with a kind of wall of hostility. Not, not r- really a active hostility. It more just sort of that passive hostility that, that strangers get, right? Uh, who is this person? Uh, we're not going to talk to him. We're not going to, you know, we'll, we'll just not deal with him. Um, 
So I didn't get talked to. I wasn't included in conversations. I didn't get invited to sit uh, at the, with, with groups of kids at the lunch tables. And then actually I was physically assaulted, right? The class bully pushed me around in the uh, locker room. I think he was a, like an 18-year-old seventh grader. At least he seemed like that to me. Um, but that stage did not last long, and 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 I will forever be grateful to a to a, a, a young man in my class who went by the name of Woody, and Woody came up to me finally, and and in a, and in a way beyond his years introduced himself, and then literally. Uh, put his arm around me and and introduced me to a a group of his friends and uh, all of a sudden I was included I was he waved me over to the lunch table I was reconciled right that hostility uh, had been t- 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 exchanged uh, for friendship and to experience that and I hope I'm 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 hope, what I'm trying to do here is communicate some of the emotive content of reconciliation. If you've ever experienced that, you know that it's a bit of heaven. To go from a a state of hostility to a state of friendship. I will always be grateful to Woody for what he did for me that day. And listen, friends, on a deeper and much more important level, this is exactly what God has done for you in Christ. In Christ, God was, verse 19, reconciling the world to himself. And now, make more specifically, make it personal. Through Christ, God has, verse 18, reconciled you to himself. So in other words, Christian, as you come to this table, you do not come as a hostile. You do not come as a stranger. But you come as God's friend. God is not mad at you. God is not against you. In fact, God is for you. God knows you and God loves you. So come boldly. Come gratefully. Come worshipfully. And now, just as we, before we come to the table here in just a moment, let me turn briefly to what this text says that is relevant to uh, our brother Brian's ordination today. And we're going we're to do that right after uh, communion. Um, what I want you and Brian to see here is, is the connection that Paul makes between ministry and message. Look at verses 18 and 19 again. All this is from God. All right? That's, that, that's foundational truth number one about the gospel, right? It's all from God. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And then, now he's going to explain that. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. See, so what, what Paul is saying here is that God has given his ministers, like Brian, 
the ministry of reconciliation, but in the ministry of reconciliation, Brian doesn't do the reconciling. It's God who reconciles. It is God who is reconciling the world. God is reconciling you to himself. Uh, What Brian is getting, what Brian, Brian is being entrusted with, is the message of that truth. After today, it will be Brian's duty and responsibility to tell people how God has reconciled sinners to himself in love through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Brian becomes today an ordained ambassador of Christ. Uh, And in Jesus' day, an ambassador was did less than, or it was a slightly different position than what ambassadors do today. Uh, An ambassador was was really a messenger. An ambassador was one who carried a message from from a king uh, to another place. Um, And that's what what Brian will be, an ambassador. And the Holy Spirit will speak through him as he speaks, right? That's verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. It's a heavy responsibility. It's uh, tumbling. So pray for Brian. Pray for all the pastors here at New Life that we would be faithful ambassadors and carriers of of that message of reconciliation. And it's that message that has the power because the Holy Spirit, as you know, uses the hearing of the gospel to, to, to cause faith to be born, to transform lives. And this is how I pray the new life continues to grow through people hearing the, God's message of reconciliation in Christ and coming to faith in Jesus and then becoming part of our family here at New Life. But let me just say in closing and uh, is that this responsibility is especially on the ordained ministers of the gospel, but not exclusively on the ordained ministers of the gospel. If you are reconciled to God through Christ, if you are a Christian here today, you are also his ambassador. It is on you now uh, to, to carry that message of reconciliation to people that, you, you know, your, your pastors won't, won't meet, to people who would never otherwise darken the door of New Life Presbyterian Church. But you're going to school with them. You're in the office with them. You live next door to them. Speak the message to them. Give them the message. It's, it, you know, what we know here is that the power and the result are not up to you. You speak. And the Holy Spirit uses your words to make His appeal through you. So we're all in this together. Right? What a privilege. What a high responsibility. And if you're here today, and I close with this, you don't, and you don't know the unshackled freedom uh, that comes, the, the unshackled freedom from your sins, from your past, from your shame, from your guilt, from your accusing conscience, uh, then I, like Paul does here, I implore you, I beg you uh, to be reconciled to God. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Trust in His life lived for you. His death died for you. His resurrection guaranteeing your own resurrection to abundant life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are coming to your table now, uh, reminded of these truths from 2 Corinthians that, that our past, neither our past nor our present determine us, but that you do, Jesus, you determine us by your grace. Remembering that the gospel isn't just about for the forgiveness of our sins, but that, that we come as forgiven and people who are covered by the righteousness of Jesus. And finally, Lord, we come remembering that we have been reconciled to you by you. That you are amazingly uh, our friend. The hostility that once existed between us by nature has now been exchanged with friendship. Lord, we come boldly and we come gratefully in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Ted Hamilton, Senior Pastor of New Life Presbyterian Church, Escondido. Please visit us in Escondido, California or online at newlifepca.com. New Life Presbyterian Church, Escondido reserves all copyrights as applicable by law. Thank you for listening.